If you have been asking if healing is real, stick around and find out that healing is for real. And we don't mean maybe. My name is Tony. And I am Zin. And we are two witnesses and representatives of the miraculous gospel of healing. Hello there, I'm Tony Myers, the BAM. And I am Zin and Fuego, bringing the boom. <laughs> and today we are actually back. In the last episode, we actually provided some definitions. Some definitions that we hope that has actually been helpful to those that have been listening in, to all our, to all our listeners. Some definitions that are necessary to change your experience with your experience in Christ with the Father, with God. Right? Because wrong definitions equals wrong realm, the wrong image. And what we what we are the whole idea of the new covenant is that not only did you take on Jesus' name, you identify with him, but whatever his mind is, that's what you want your mind to be. Because that is what he's running the entire universe as the all-powerful. That's how he's running the universe. You need to be there as well. I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 100%. Yeah. And one of the things in particular that Holy Brother, and I, Holy Brother Tony and I was actually speaking about before we even began recording for these episodes was we actually having a conversation. We were speaking about how much... Um, believers do not really trust God as the final authority. Right? We tend to pussyfoot around it a lot. But we live a lives that reveal in every action that God is not the final authority. Most of the people that you hear about Um, from John G. Lake to John Alexander Dowie, Mother Etta, Smith Wigglesworth, and what is this, um, what is this guy's name? Um, the one who Curry Blake, Curry Blake as well. Let's include Curry Blake there. John G. Um, Lake? Not John G. Lake, the one that Curry Blake spend some time on that before he went independent. Oh, um, little gnome dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> little gnome. He's from, uh, he's actually from Indiana, Evansville, Indiana. Okay, uh, okay. Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall, yes. <laughs> all of these guys that I just called them, if you listen to all of their messages, I can't say I've listened to them extensively, but the messages that I've heard from them, they all have one common factor. They do not question God. When I say they don't question God, they never question if God is going to do it or not. Even Corey Blake, I was listening to Corey Blake just recently. He and I started to do some I think, like reaction videos to this DHT. The last DHT he did was one that was done in 2020, I believe. 
and he did a segment speaking about if he said it all right he said if god if this if god and god's word is not the final authority for you it's best you leave this dhd because we're going to sit down and speak about all of this and nothing is going to happen for you because you are actually double-minded if you have if you're talking about god but you live in your mind with options then you are double-minded by default if you got right. a plan b yes <laughs> if you have a plan b you're double-minded by default i like how you put that if you have a plan b because that's what it is b, you're double-minded you're double-minded <laughs> and it's, we, it's so we, interesting we, we were we were talking earlier and this might be too early to bring up i'm gonna bring it up anyhow mm -hmm. everybody that's around me anyone that knows me it doesn't matter if i appear to be dying there's not one person that has got the cojones enough <laughs> To call an ambulance. <laughs> no plan B. I have no plan B. No plan B. Well, I know it. My wife. Now, my wife goes to a doctor. Right. But she knows. Not, not with Tony. <laughs> <laughs> if I wake up in a hospital... We got problems. <laughs> Everybody better start running. <laughs> they better just start evacuating the hospital. <laughs> Lord help the person that put me in there. <laughs> I'm just being real. Oh gosh. And I'm uh, serious. And I you like can that. ask like anyone. Would you call nine one one for Tony? I guarantee their answer would be no. <laughs> <laughs> CJ will not. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't need a plan B. You don't need it indeed. You don't need it. It's, 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 it's something about Western culture that we also need to talk about. And we're always speaking about Western culture because the culture has been structured upon perspectives and intellectual postures that does not resonate with with ancient israel they don't think like that and and that is in particular even on the idea of making a decision when we think we make a decision our understanding in our mind and, and listen up very carefully all listeners listen very carefully to what i want to say here when we think about decisions, in our minds, we think the best option. Yes. That's how we think. We think that a decision is the, the best option out of everything, and the second best will always be the fallback. And if the second best will work, then the third best will work. Right. So technically... So technically, we're living, trying to get the best of all worlds. It's it's, we take the best option. Until a better one comes along. 
Exactly, exactly. So and that's, very, that's, our decisions are temporary. Always, always. We because. always, we're, we're looking for the next best thing to come up. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. And that's in every aspect of life for most people. And there's no real permanent decisions that we make because we see all of our decisions as temporary. Yeah. Until something I'm... better comes along. We see that's it as why it... people listen to a hundred different preachers. Ooh, preach. And they can amen because hey, this this is the best right now. Rich. Until they go the next, this one's it. This this one's got it all. Preach, preach. Yeah, that's exactly how we think. And to us, that's not, and to and to most believers, that's how you live. And what you don't realize is that you are living. You're literally living. Looking for the best benefit. You're not loyal. You have you don't have no idea what loyalty is. You have no idea what allegiance is. And I personally believe that's why most people see people in the military from that perspective. Like, wow, you need to respect them. Because they have learned what allegiance is. They have learned what it means to be loyal to our cause and to be loyal to those that you have committed yourself to. And everybody outside, you have no idea what that is because you're always looking for the best benefit. What is it? If this is looking right now, I'm seeing something, the grass looking greener across it, you jump across on the next side. Yep. That has now, even in our society, in the context of relationships and marriages, People want to get into relationships and marriages now and you're looking for the best option. So somebody comes on who have more money, you jump across, or they're looking better, or the person looking more attractive, you jump across, or it's always the best option. The Bible that you are reading does not work with that perspective. The Bible sees everything as light and darkness. What God says is light. Any other thing is considered darkness and evil and reprehensible. Any other thing, any other option other than what the decision is, is considered darkness. So if you, God says this and, you are, and you, are, you are with God and God says this and you abandon God for another option, you have just, you have just, you have just been seen as rejecting God and loving the darkness. Think about Moses, or excuse me, um, Samuel, right? Mm -hmm. With the prophet Samuel. What God tell you know, when they're seeking a king. When Israel was looking for a king, 
And God told Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Exactly. Exactly. Well referenced. Indeed. Indeed. So, Because whatever God says, to follow what God says is understood as loving God. To turn your back and have your own thoughts or listen to the thoughts of another, independent of what God says, is seen as rejecting God. And in some cases, if you're showing, if you, especially if you come into the covenant and you're not showing reverence to what God says, you are seen as hating God. It's called showing covenant indifference. And that's just like um, in most. In most Bible translations, you have sin, singular. You have got sins, plural. Right. Sins, plural, is behavior. Right. But sin, singular, is false identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that false identity is... is what God lays out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. As so we have a false identity, which is what Adam and Eve did. They had a false identity. <laughs> they accepted a different identity outside of what God said about them. Exactly. And this is the whole cause with Jesus as well. Because many people reference the cross. They're all about the cross, obsessed about the cross. And the cross represents the death to any identity that God didn't give you. Exactly right. <laughs> it means put it to death. To follow Jesus, you have to, you have to walk away from it. To come but back into yet, the world. But yet we love our humanity. And that's the first thing that we say, bro. Then truth. We are only humans. Yes. But yet you're With, saying you're, you're referencing the cross. That's a mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. We don't realize everything we call ourselves is an insult. We call that's ourselves mortal. What does that mean? Mortality it means to decay. Yeah. You it in life. A, a mortal being, you're saying, I'm a being that was born to die. I get born and I start decaying from there. Human. You break down the words human. It means hewn down man. Hmm. It means cut off man. Hmm. <laughs> Then why do you think we're acting like we act? Because yeah. we're not claiming our true identity, which is what? Spirit. It's spirit. It's spirit. It is God. It is holy. It's perfect. It's eternal. Realize the species of Adam is dead. You've never belonged to the species of Adam. That is true. The system of Adam is extinct. It was extinct, made extinct on the cross. Long before <laughs> you were born. 
We weren't born in Adam. No. We wouldn't. So then, why are we teaching that? Yeah. Nonsense. And because of, because of that nonsense and garbage that, that you're teaching, you are attributing Adamic expectations to God, which is why you expect that you wouldn't get healed. Exactly There's, right. There are perspectives like blotches in your vision that says, well, and what we do is just like, the, because you're identifying with Adam, you're doing just like he did. The Adam always creates arguments with what God says. Because his father is his serpent. And the serpent argued what God said with Eve. And if you're living like the first Adam, you're living like the, 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 the last Adam, which is an extinct species, by the way, as Holy Brother Tony rightfully puts, very adequately uh, commented just, or communicated there just now, your identification with that is causing you to do the same thing that the Adam's father did. You question what God says. You create arguments. And what you do is that you use things to say, but this one didn't get healed. And that one didn't get healed. Just like the serpent that ate from the tree and said, but I didn't die. And God's word is so sure that 930 years later, Adam died. So, which one is really the truth? And even if you go to Hebrews, Hebrews 6, it speaks very clearly and very directly to that covenant with God means the end of all arguments. Give it some Mic thought. Drop. <laughs> it says that in Hebrews that God gave his, his oath, he gave a covenant, and he gave an oath. And by that, it's the end of all arguments. Yet, we have been taught as Christians, because you live in fear, mainly because you have your definition with God has been off all, all over the place, in La La Land. Also because you have not been able to really even identify um, your covenant. Because most of us, we say we're in the New Covenant, but are you living in the New Covenant? Do you know what the New Covenant is? Because of these things, you create an atmosphere where it is very easy for you to create an argument with God. You are always contradicting Him. And unfortunately, and yes, I'm saying unfortunately, whilst you're doing that, you have God's Spirit inside of you. God's Spirit is in you, so if you're contradicting God, Paul says, Paul says it himself, he says that you are opposing yourself. He literally says that you are opposing yourself. If you're opposing God, you're opposing yourself. And what does that mean? What does that say? What does that say? Because you have God's spirit, you have God's essence, you have everything about God in you. But having God's spirit means that you have God power. 
And just as God is omnipotent and has the ability to make decisions and bring anything into manifestation, you are very, very, very effectively bringing in yours. You create an argument, you create a condition, and you have zero power because of, of your argument. You created that. And you had to pull yourself square. Plain and simple. There's something that Jesus said. I'm going to reference three. Let me reference three, three verses in the Bible. One is 2 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, whilst you are creating arguments, now everything that Yahweh says, because his name is excelfixed and eternal, everything that Yahweh says is eternal. If his name actually means great acts and judgments, great acts and miracles, everything that Yahweh says is great acts and miracles. So if great acts and miracles is what Yahweh says and you're contradicting Yahweh, then you have cut off all acts and great miracles and you have also cut off eternal function. You've just made yourself temporal. And Second Corinthians says, No thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always. That is not a condition. There is no argument to that. And if you can't actually approach it from the perspective that God always does that, as a, if, 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 if Jesus is Yahweh in flesh, as John really demonstrated, and Christ is in you, and Christ is in all of these apostles, then always is eternal. Which means triumphing, not triumphing, does not exist. It's always consistent and you are not the and you are not the exception it says it goes on to say and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place which means the knowledge of what god says comes through manifestation by us so if you're creating conditions you will suffer because you're using God's spirit to make these conditions. We love to bring. We we bring conditions in at our disparagement. Yeah. It hurts us. One thousand people that talk against healing, and you know they're bringing in these conditions. And it's like, wait a minute. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's not adding up. <laughs> For instance, I always, whenever we talk about this, I got to bring up this song. I always got to bring. God, even if you don't move the mountain, I still have faith in you. That is a song of an antichrist. That's a heretical song, right? Anyway. <laughs> that is yeah, heresy. I hear millions of people singing this song. Listen, that's not faith, folks. No, it isn't. It isn't. It is not. It is not faith. 
and you're also saying that God has the ability to change his mind. But the, but the ancients taught that a spirit is a principle in motion. So which means when gravity stopped working and the sun stopped rising and, and setting and all these things that demonstrate principles from God who is a principle, it's working well. If that ain't changing, you have no argument against God. Because all of this is an expression of God. So unless you can show me a point in history where gravity stopped working and somebody's house ended up in the clouds, or the sun decides it's going to shine in the north, <laughs> or what I'm saying basically that these laws of physics are an expression of God's spirit. Jesus ascended to fill all things. Therefore, all things exist in him. Yes. So if these laws of physics are demonstrated and they're so consistent, so consistent over history, it is so consistent that scientists, we have scientists that actually sit down and could study the consistency of these laws. And this comes from the same God that you saying that you that you believe in, you have no argument against God. Your argument is against yourself. And that's what we do. We put we put our own resistance. We feel there's resistance. We're the ones that's placed in the barriers of resistance. Yeah. And we will continue this discussion on the next episode. I'll leave you with one verse. There's one verse here. Watch this. Well, this is three verses, but I'm leaving this for rumination until the next episode, right? Watch this. This is continuing the of Israel in the wilderness. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. And again and again, they tempted God and distressed the, one, the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember the miracles worked by his powerful hand, nor the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Some of you not even remembering that God gave you salvation. How he worked his miracles in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. It says, last verse, we had a passive verse. And again, um, wait, hold on. Let us see verse right here. It says, yet, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. That's what believers are doing today. Limiting God from flowing through them. Because you're creating arguments just like them in the wilderness. Food for thought. <laughs> Be blessed. Be healed. Get up and do something. And be a blessing.